Welcome to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen following the journey of the players chasing their dreams in the Phillies farm system. Jeff, we saw a lot of dreams this week. Players going up to the big leagues, players moving around in the system. Uh, it's hot out now, so let's start with some Florida weather in Clearwater. Nice segue. You like that, right? Right to the hot, sweaty weather. Huh? I knew you'd like that. There Tell me go. what's going on in Clearwater because every time I turn around, they're mashing the ball. Well, they're they're now above 500. Uh, they're still in third place, only four games back of Dunedin, but they're 27 and 25, and they've won seven of their last 10. In my opinion, right now in the farm system, they have the best mix of pitching and hitting balance and potential in the system. Tell me so. why. Tell me what you see with the bats first. Well, look, we talk on a, almost a weekly basis about Matt Veerling and uh, Alec Bohm, who's now at Clearwater. Well, there's other people make, There's other people making yeah, a name for themselves. Uh, well, yeah, Matt Croon, who we talked about a little bit at Lakewood, and said that he might be a fast riser. He actually has. So last week he was promoted. Uh, our little soothsaying seemed to work again. And he's batting 350 in five games with two doubles, five runs. And here's the surprise because he's a first baseman. Two triples. He's got speed. I guess so. Got wheels. Tell me about Simon Mazzotti. So Simon Muziotti is an interesting guy. I don't know if people remember, but he was originally signed as an international signee from Venezuela out of Boston signed him for about $300,000. But Boston committed a couple no-nos in their international signings, so they had to release some of their players, and that included Simon Muziotti. So the Phillies then came in and paid him $750,000 when he was at the ripe old age of 17. Wow. Uh, Muziotti is a more traditional old-school center fielder. He's not going to hit 30 home runs as, as an outfielder, but he is a guy who's got speed. He hits for average. Uh, he just unfortunately landed on the seven-day DL, but before that, he was hitting 306, eight doubles, two triples, two homers, 15 RBIs, 25 runs, and seven stolen bases. So somebody to watch as he comes off the, the injured list and gets back to it. Let's talk pitching for a second. Uh, you noted this week of Colton Eastman and Ethan Ivanko. So tell me about each of them a little bit. Well, Ethan Ivanko was another guy that we predicted was going to get promoted. So we'll pat ourselves on the back. Um, he has not disappointed since his promotion. He's a guy a little older. He's 23 years of age, which doesn't make him an old man. But uh, I hope not. It makes you and I <laughs> grandfather stage. He grand Canyon College in four starts at, at single high A. He's 2-0, 2.0 ERA, 16.1 innings pitch, 15 strikeouts, and a 0.93 whip. Were you surprised that Colton Eastman was promoted with the, the start that he had? Yes. Uh, he was he was pitching. It was rough. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. He had a 6.00 ERA at Lakewood, but they saw whatever they saw, and it's worked out because he's been promoted. He was last year, by the way, he was a fourth round pick by the Phillies. And remember, the Phillies did not have a second and third round pick. So he was technically their second pick in the draft. Uh, and he was drafted lower than his projection. So the Phillies got a good deal. Eastman has good size. Um, he's not an overpowering fastball guy. He can get it up to the low 90s. He's usually anywhere from 89 to 93 miles an hour. His big calling card is he has a plus change up and a high spin curveball. Uh, that you can see uh, missing bats. I'll tell you a big calling card he has for me. He's from yeah. Cal State Fullerton. You know that I'm big on the sports psychology yeah. and the role of the mental side of this game. We've talked mm -hmm. to Connor Siebold about how they were a program that was on the cutting edge of that. And uh, any player who goes through that type of atmosphere in college with that pressure and gets 
that experience, I like their their balance for a chance at the well, big Well, I mean, Cal State Fullerton has been a powerhouse in ba- college baseball for years, and Eastman so far has not disappointed since moving to high A. Just look at his stats. In five games, he's got a 2-2 two and two record, 2.28 ERA, 1.19 whip. He's pitched 27.2 innings, 32 strikeouts, That's and what I nine like. balls. 32 strikeouts to nine walks in yeah. 27 innings. That mm-hmm. ratio is something that you keep doing that, he'll keep moving up. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't expect Colton to move up quickly as far as going to Reading. Maybe, I would say, by July, August, if he keeps it up, he might be up there. We saw a retirement this week. Kevin Markham is a guy who, he seemed to be a guy who had four or five tools. He had some speed. He hit for average. He had a little bit of power. He was a good outfielder. What happened? He just got to the point. I, I mean, we haven't had a chance to talk to him, but you know, I want I want to reach out to him. I want to see exactly, you know, what it's like. He's 25 years of age, and at some point, these guys don't get paid a lot of money, and and unless you're a high signee, and so at some point, you have to make a, dis- a decision: Are you going to keep following your dreams, or are you going to go get a career? When we were in Clearwater, there was a, a guy who was a fan there, but he had been in the Braves minor league system, and he he was telling me his story he had some potential and at the time he didn't really realize it and he was coming back at the field just to be close to it mm-hmm. just because he wanted to hear the pop of the glove and wanted to be around it all um, so it's got to be hard for these players 25 years old you got to figure out what you're going to do when you grow up now yeah and some of them stay in the game like Nick Rickles who we spoke with last year decided to hang it up and now he's a coach, he's a coach. in a major league system um, and some guys decide that they're going to move on to a different career you were in Lakewood last weekend got a couple interviews that we're going to play short Tell me about them. Um, The weather was better than the Blue Claws record, unfortunately. But remember, this is only first half, second half. That's what you always tell me, Jeff. Uh Um, Give me the big stories. Tell me how the Blue Claws have a 10-man rotation. And then tell me about that. I mean, and I think that's where you start. So one of the things I was talking about with the Blue Claws organization is uh, you will often see, if you follow the, the roster, you'll see pitchers disappear and reappear. And people keep panicking that people are hurt. Um, they're not. The way that they're working it is they technically have a 10-man rotation. And the 10-man rotation has two guys paired up per game. So in week one, the guys who start, then the other guy comes in and will be long relief. The next week, the guy who is in long relief will then start, and the other guy will then be in long relief. It's not exactly... Have you ever seen that before? No. Uh, and, and it's an interesting concept because it keeps guys... From it keeps guys from getting too many innings, but at the same time, working on developing lots of starters. So it's an interesting way to do it, and it also allows them to have so they don't have like what they had with Will Stewart at the end of last year. The Blue Claws were great, and they had situations where they had to shut down players because they hit their innings limits. This prevents that. The problem is it's not necessarily conducive to winning; it's more conducive to development. development. Yes, but that's that's and, the name and of the look, game. it's got to give you some flexibility with guys who can come out of the pen and be a starter as they move through the system, depending on what the needs are. But you got to talk to a couple of those arms. 
Well, I, yeah. Well, I talked to one of the arms. I talked to Kyle Glagoski, who is the guy from New Zealand. Um, he would be the first major leaguer from the country of New Zealand if he makes it up. He's a fascinating story. The second one is also a fascinating story. It's a guy from uh, French Canada. He's from the Montreal portion of Canada, Ben Pelletier. Uh, and it was interesting to talk to two guys who didn't grow up in the traditional baseball setting. Um, let's talk about him and then move move on let's play those interviews back to back and we'll come back we're here with ben pelletier ben how you doing great and you uh ben tell us a little bit about lakewood uh i mean it's a great city i I love playing this stadium Mm -hmm. and uh there's a lot of fans lately and uh i like it so far so you are from canada yeah what's it like to be in the united states playing baseball I mean, I've, I started pretty young, uh, coming to uh, the U.S. to play baseball with mm-hmm. my travel team. So I'm I'm used to it. It's different a little bit sometimes, but it stays the same thing. So it's baseball. <laughs> baseball requires a lot of a lot of time practicing and a lot of time being out in the field. Being up in Canada, did you feel like you were at a disadvantage not having as much time year-round to play baseball outside? Uh, probably a little bit, yeah. But uh, I was doing everything inside. We had facilities inside with my high school. Mm-hmm. So we were basically doing baseball inside for like eight months, eight to nine months. And then that's why I, I came with a travel team here, get more baseball a little bit, yeah. So most people would wonder, why is a kid from Canada not playing hockey? <laughs> how, how did you, how did baseball become your sport? Uh, well, I, I played hockey for a long time, mm-hmm. but I was better at baseball, and then I liked it more, so just continue with that. <laughs> what was your inspiration for playing baseball? Uh, my mom and my dad, they always get... Um, encouraging me and stuff, so it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Well, the expos were gone by the time you were <clears throat> yeah. old enough to remember. Um, what's it like to to be in a town that doesn't really have any major league baseball? Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I haven't seen them that much, so mm-hmm. it's always been in my mind a little bit, but they might come back sometimes. I don't know. I've been to that stadium. Yeah. I think they need a new one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, the Blue Jays played there a few uh-huh. times. I mean, every year. And there's, there's a lot of fans. And it's crazy down there. They, they, want, they want the team back, <laughs> for sure. You, you uh, excelled not only on the baseball field, but in school. You graduated high school in three years. Uh, well, no, it's it's a little bit different there. Yeah. I mean, high school is five years, uh-huh. and uh, you you graduate. So instead of having eleven years, uh, twelve years like you guys, we have eleven years to graduate. So okay, yeah. And um, you were the youngest player drafted in your class. Yeah. So what was it like to be in the major leagues and basically be one of the youngest guys that that you're playing with? Um, at first, it was it was pretty fun. I mean, all my friends were happy about it. Uh, I was happy about it. They were telling me 
And uh, that's it. I mean, I just keep going right now. Is, is it intimidating to put when you're – how old were you when you went, when you were drafted by I the I was Phillies? 16. And, yeah, everyone was basically like 20, 21, 22 older guys. So I didn't know what to do at first. But I just kept practicing playing. What, what was your first reaction to it? Um, I mean, were, were you worried about whether or not you would be able to compete with 20-year-old Maybe know, a little men? bit, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. But I, I knew I get drafted. I, I didn't get drafted for nothing. I mean, mm -hmm. I had something in, that they saw and um, tried to show it to them. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the big, one of the big dishes in uh, your part of the world is poutine. Are you a poutine fan? I am, actually. <laughs> uh, have, you, have you encouraged the Phillies organization and the Lakewood people to start serving poutine? Uh, the they should, yeah. Um, they would probably like it. <laughs> have you talked to your teammates about it? Yeah, so, some of them, yeah. And what do they think? I don't know. <laughs> actually, um, it, it so, sometimes it, it sounds bad, but it's pretty good. Uh-huh. Have they tried it? Have you no. brought it? Have you brought it into the clubhouse? No, it's it's tough to do here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you last year you spent at Williamsport. Yeah. Um, and you were the player of the year there. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So, uh, wh what was it like playing in Williamsport? I mean, it was fun. Uh, there was less fans in here, uh, but the stadium was nice. Um, playing on the road was nice too. Um, I mean, I I liked it down there with. The, my our coach too, Pat Borders. That's pretty fun. All right, tell us about Pat Borders. I mean, he's he's a cool guy. He's a cool manager, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's pretty fun. So you know about Pat Borders' background, I assume, being a yeah. Canadian. Uh -huh. uh, did you talk at all about the fact that he was the uh, MVP of the World Series for the Tor Toronto Blue Jays? Um, I didn't talk that much about that, but uh -huh. uh, we all knew. So, does he yeah. wear the ring? We've asked no. him whether or not he wears the ring. Well, I, I don't know outside, but yeah. probably not at the field. Know. You know, even though he's part of this organization, yeah. uh, he's people worry about him being part of the organization because uh, one of the teams that the Blue Jays beat was the Phillies. Yeah. Um, well, if you win a World Series, it's pretty fun. So uh -huh. <laughs> I would wear it too. <laughs> so what's it like playing in Lakewood? Uh, I like it so far. Mm -hmm. Stadium is very nice. Um, playing. Even other stadiums, I mean, there's some that are awesome. Uh, more people in the field, practice are pretty good. So it's a long season too, so but I like it so far. It's pretty good. This is going to be your first full-length season, yeah. 142 games, right? Yeah. So what have you had to change, if anything, about your routine to get ready for the whole season? Um, just... Having a good, um, uh, like, be prepared on the field and off the field before the game, after the game, just not thinking about anything else. I mean, if you play baseball on the field, you get to think about baseball, but if, if you're outside, just think about something else. That's it. Do you enjoy playing the different positions? I do. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's your favorite position? Uh, I mean, it's it's the whole outfield. I uh -huh. mean, I like it as much as. I mean, What's been the yeah. biggest adjustment um, in playing at this level versus playing in Williamsport? Um, I don't know. Uh, having a plan at the plate, and then hitting my pitch, hitting 
I've seen uh, a lot of off-speed this year, and just got got to be ready for everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was it was like that last year too. Um, at the end of the season, they started to know me a little bit, and then I got to start to know them too. Yeah. So last night, uh, Toronto Raptors made the NBA Finals. Are you a Raptors fan? Um, I don't follow NBA that much. Uh, no. No. They were outside singing "Oh Canada." Really? After well, they I'm won. I'm happy for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have we have Greg right here. So do you want to ask Greg if he's going to add poutine to the? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I'll talk to the food guy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, we look forward to following you as you move up the system. Thank you. Take care. We're here at Lakewood with uh, Kyle Glagowski. Kyle, how are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Okay, so Kyle, uh, you may, you are one of the first players from New Zealand. Uh, what is it like to play in the United States for the Lakewood Blue Cross and the Phillies organization? Yeah, I mean, I love it so far. You know, I've been over here, and uh, the competition is definitely what I expected. You know, everyone plays uh, a lot faster, stronger, and um, it's definitely something that I had to get used to, and um, I think I've adapted pretty well. What, how did how did a kid from New Zealand get interested in baseball? Uh, it was actually my parents that got me interested. They were driving along the road and they saw a sign that said, come try baseball now. And so the next day they uh, took me down to the fields and signed me up and that's how I got into it. No cricket for you? No, uh, when I was younger I played cricket, but uh-huh. didn't really, uh, it was so slow. I spent more time climbing the trees than actually playing the game, <laughs> so uh, yeah. For, for, those, for those that don't know about cricket, what are, what are the similarities between cricket and baseball? Uh, I guess it's, it's, uh, I think it's 11 guys in the field for cricket and um, you know, so the team fielding will, uh, you know, they'll bowl the ball and the batsmen there have to hit the ball for mm-hmm. four or six or either run out of one or a two. So, you know, it's, um, it's definitely different, but, you know, it has similar aspects to baseball. So yesterday you had quite, uh, your first um, long start yesterday. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, um, I was stoked when they said I'm going to get the start and I had uh, five innings. So, you know, I got to the field and it gave me plenty of time to get my tissue prep in and get um, my specific routine in before I started. And um, and it was, uh, yeah, it definitely got me in the right mentality to go out there and start the game. So for those that, th- that were not here, you pitched five innings and struck out 11, walked none. Yeah. Uh, what, what did your coach say to you after the game? Yeah, um, he was pretty happy, I guess. I mean, I went out there and I did my job and I kept us in the game, kept us in a good position to win the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a few jokes from the boys around the clubhouse about don't worry about taking out your gloves, boys. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was good fun. I loved it out there and um, great atmosphere as well here at the Blue Claws, so it was good. Rumor has it that you didn't start out as a pitcher when you played baseball, that you had an interest in a different position. No, I was I always wanted to be a catcher because I loved it when uh, they were all dressed up in the gear and, you know, uh-huh. they were just blocking balls and, like, they looked like the hardest worker on the team to me. So, you know, that's what caught my eye. I love that. And um, one day we ran out of pitches and my coach threw me up on the mound. He said, hey, you throw pretty hard, so you give it a go. And uh, went up, started throwing and throwing the ball past guys and ended up just having a love for the position. Have you ever said to any of your coaches here or at the other uh, Phillies uh, teams that you wanted to give it a go as a catcher just for, for a day or two? Oh, they'd probably laugh in my face if I requested <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, knowing what kind of guy I am, there's probably no chance of that happening. But um, it's definitely something when I catch my uh, other throwing partners flag it's definitely something that uh, I love doing. So. <laughs> so, so how did you get discovered as a kid playing in New Zealand? 
Uh, it was I was playing for the Sydney Blue Sox and uh, which is the same team that Reese Hoskins played for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I was playing for the age group under 16s, and I ended up getting recognition from that, and I kept playing that uh, that same rep team from Sydney Blue Sox under 18s, and then for the men's team, I started playing for that, and uh, yeah, ended up getting recognition from that and a few MLB World Teams that I did over in Florida. So. Uh, those are how I got recognized and the scout that had been talking to me, he'd been talking to me for like three years now and he just happened to be working for Philadelphia Phillies. So, you know, I built a great relationship with him and yeah, we ended up getting a deal done. So when you signed with the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, did you tell your friends back home? Yeah, yeah, when I signed with the Phillies, you know, I was I actually flew back home to New Zealand to sign the contract and uh, yeah, because New Zealand baseball, they love to televise that and you know, just get the, I guess, get the game more out there for other Kiwi kids and um, Yes, all my friends were really stoked for me. They knew how hard I worked for this and like all the sacrifices I had to make. And, had they yeah. heard of the Phillies before? Yeah, they had. The Phillies uh, was definitely a team they heard of. I mean, they're probably one of the most common teams that you hear. Maybe like the Yankees, the Phillies, pretty, mm -hmm. um, you know, pretty popular teams, I'd say. I mean, maybe if I signed somewhere else, like Milwaukee Brewers, I'd probably have no idea who that is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were super stoked for me. So next year is the Olympics, uh, and New Zealand might have a baseball team is that something that interests you and that you're aiming towards yeah hundred percent I mean if I've got any chance to represent my country and what I do you know I'd love to do it um, if they can get a team together yeah, it's I'd love to play for that but uh, my number one priority is to play for the Phillies and you know if they've got an issue with me playing that uh, which might jeopardize my career in the future then I hundred percent I'm on I'm on board with whatever the Phillies have ahead for me have you been out to the Philadelphia Phillies Citizens Bank Park yet no that's one thing I haven't done is actually you gotta see in the park so um, yeah hopefully one off day I can make it out to Philadelphia and check out the city and um, check out yeah Citizen Bank Park and yeah so how does Kyle spend his time down in Lakewood when he's not on the field striking guys out and boring his uh, infielders uh, yeah I mean the other day we had an off day and I got to go check out New York City which was awesome I mean uh, me and my friend Tyler McKay we uh, yeah we ventured out to New York City and we walked all the way from the World Trade Center the Empire State Building and uh, he definitely can't see it all in one day so I'm hoping to go back at least one more time was, but was that the first time that you were ever in New York yeah that was the first time I've ever in New York my parents went there um, maybe five years ago and they said they loved it there so you know I had to venture out there and see what it was like what did you eat while you were in New York oh I don't even think we had I can't even remember oh we just had pizza because I remember man the whole time there we were just shopping and walking everywhere like the place is so overwhelming I forgot we even needed to eat but uh it was so cool all right well Kyle I think we're getting the high sign you got to practice we wish we could spend more time but we'll come back and we'll come watch it yeah thank you appreciate lot, that Kyle. Jeff, you always get some good information out of these guys. Tell me about it a little more. I just thought it was great to hear, first of all, that his first trip to New York City and and uh, wanting pizza. Um, so I just think so that... the things that you don't really think about. I would love to... You know, he hasn't been to Philadelphia yet, Kyle, and, and it would be Did interesting. Did you offer us up to be tour guides? No, but I think I think that we should. Um, Cole so. Irvin was soliciting locations when he was in Philly. Maybe yeah. we could all get together and go around for yeah, some food. Yeah, but Cole Irvin's from the United States. <laughs> this is a whole different thing. A guy from the island is 
New Zealand and, and he comes to the United States and goes to Philadelphia for the first time. Absolutely. Well, great job uh, with those. Always look forward to what we get and uh, we'll but, definitely. Yeah, but meanwhile, we got we got a guy traveling not too far and Hazley traveling down the road over from Reading to uh, Allentown. Uh, and we talked to him earlier this year and, you know, we thought that he was in a good place mentally going into it. And there you go, Jeff. He's now at AAA and tell me about his night last night. Well, uh, he did OK. He was three for four with two doubles. Uh, that's, a, that, that's not too that's shabby okay. in your first day in AAA, that's is a- it? Good way to start. Yeah. So uh, I think he's, I think he'll be comfortable there. I think it, it does help when, when Redding is literally around the corner from, from Allentown that you don't have too much of moving around and getting adjusted and things like that. And you still kind of hang, hang with your old teammates. So it, it's, it's a good environment to have the way the Phillies have their set up with their minor league system. Tell me what's going on with Cole Irvin. We're not sure whether he's moving well, up. I can't tell you what's going on. <clears throat> he pitched yesterday. <laughs> Yes. And he three was innings. pitching great. Mm-hmm. Three innings, good strike to ball ratio. And then he was taken out of the game. There was some speculation that the Phillies with their continued travel and some injuries that they have with the staff, maybe they're going to bring another arm up and bring him back up. But um, who knows? I mean, look, they could be putting him in long relief for a short time, too. Well, um, exactly. However, it helps the team. I mean, the Phillies, not to get too much into the major league roster right now, but the Phillies just lost Adam Morgan into the, the IL on too. So it, it's... Their bullpen has been decimated. It really and has. And it does impact the, the minors. You had Yaxel Rios come up now mm-hmm. to fill a spot. So, you know, the Iron Pigs... Well, and don't forget J.D. Hammer came up. Look, and he pitched yesterday, did pretty well. The Iron Pigs and the Fightins have kept the Phillies afloat mm-hmm. in terms of the players that they've put in. Because you look at some of the injuries to start this season, that's been... You know, that, that's been what's really helped them to keep surviving. Good for well, Kapler. Well, for look, well, that's, I mean, good for Kapler, but more importantly, good for Clentac and Bonifay for, for managing all of these players and having the depth that you can get away with this for at least short periods of time. And I, we'd be negligent if we didn't mention um, the, the potential of this system with the center fielder now uh, changes because with Odubel Herrera's situation, mm-hmm. um, who knows whether he will end up on this team. But guys like Adam Hazley and, and Mickey Moniak and other... Well, and St- Kingery's not an old King, man. And, and Scott right. Kingery, who had a great night last night with another home run. Mm-hmm. Um, people forget that, and we talk about it all the time, Kingery played center field in high school and college. Yeah, and you still have McCutcheon here, so so he can play a little center field too, although he's a little older and you know he was moved out of center field even when he was with but, Pittsburgh. But we had talked about, I mean, look, Aaron Altair was let go because there wasn't room with the numbers. Nick Williams was down in AAA, called back up now. But the calculus changes now if, if you have an outfielder out of that outfield. Just something from a baseball side, not the human side. That that issue needs to play itself out. And if what's alleged happened, he shouldn't be here. But um, that, that's, that's... Here's the one thing, though. I, I don't want people to jump all over. Hazley's going to be in the major leagues any day now. You don't want him in the major leagues Are any day Are you speaking to me with that, Jeff? No, I'm just speaking. Because I messaged you uh, yesterday. I'll own it. I messaged you and I said, if Hazley plays well mm -hmm. and they have, you know, Roman Quinn's not back yet. He's going to start to come back. But let's say that, you know, they continue to have those injuries. They're going to need somebody out there. Well, well, look, they have four outfielders now. They don't need any more outfielders. And you don't want them just sitting on the bench. You still want them to develop. Tell me what's up with Redding as we head into their game tonight. Well, 
you'll be shocked to hear that on another Thursday, Mauricio Yovera is pitching again. So. You love that. You <laughs> Just, love that he follows us. The, the one thing, though, is, well, let's talk about Mickey Moniak in the time we have left. He's batting 304 in 25 May games after an April in which he only hit 195 in 19 games. His season average is now up 62 points. So it, it's pretty impressive. And Derek Hall, who we talked to a few weeks ago, has gotten out of his slump as of late. And he has 10 hits in his last 10 games, four of which are dingers. Reading themselves are only a game back of the Trenton Thunder, now in third place at 28 and 19. Jeff, any final words? If you get a chance this weekend, head out to Reading because they're gonna they're the only team in town. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll be your lead in every Thursday night to the Reading Fight and Fills here on 610 ESPN. So we'll be back then and enjoy the ball game.